0: Our scripture lesson this morning is found in the book of Luke, the 13th chapter, and just one verse that we're going to be focusing on this morning, verse 34. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you would not? Let's pray. Father God, this is your word, and as we think about mothers today, I pray that you would bless this message, that all the moms out there would be blessed by it as we see uh, your heart reflected in the hearts of the mothers, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, very, very few Christians have a problem with the statement, God is our rock. We know that he is steadfast, that our lives can be built upon him. Also, no one bats an eye when we say God is our fortress. We know that we can run to him for protection in times of trouble. Also, uh, there is a scripture that says God is the potter and we are the clay. And this seems uh, reasonable, logical, because God forms us, he makes us, uh, he created the entire world, including human beings. But if you want to get people's hair standing up on the back of their heads, make a statement like this, God is our mother. Now, the fact that we are assigning a feminine attribute to God is what gets people riled up. But what does the Bible say about this topic? I think that you may be a bit surprised when you see that God has a feminine side. Now before you run off and call the heresy department of the AFLC, let me explain a few things here. The creation account in Genesis makes it clear that man was created in the image of God. But listen closely to the wording. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. One of the key characteristics of being a human being is that we are image bearers of God. And obviously, God is so immense in his nature that that image could not be sufficiently portrayed in the male of the species but also had to include the female of the species. And so there are certain attributes of God that are more clearly reflected in the feminine side than they are in the masculine side. Recently, there's been quite a bit of error in preaching in the pulpits in America about this particular topic. In regard to the patriarchal abuses that women have been subjected to, some theologians have rejected the idea of a masculine God they have stated that God is feminine or is a woman. At Ebenezer Lutheran in San Francisco, which has now been renamed her church, they are raising $75,000 for a painted mural depicting the different personifications of the female goddesses from different religions, including Durga, the ten-armed goddess of the Hindus, the ancient snake goddess of the Manoas, and they portray Mary as a goddess as well. And so they have rejected all paternal or male depictions of God. Now, it is clear in Scripture that God is not a woman, but neither is he a man, even though the Bible uses that pronoun, the pronoun him or he. To understand this, we must first recognize that God is such an absolute concrete reality that everything else in the universe is just a picture or an analogy of him. Romans 1:20 says for his invisible attributes namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made and so we observe things about the invisible god through seeing pictures or analogies in the physical in the realm especially in people who are the image bearers but that doesn't mean that he is those things he's not a mountain he's not the ocean He's not the stars. He's not a person. These all represent some aspect of his divine nature. And in today's culture, so much of gender is wrapped up in sexuality. But God does not have sexual genitalia that indicate whether we assign that pronoun or this pronoun. It is the nature of God that determines this. Because generally men are protectors, initiators, and providers. God is all of these things to the nth degree. As C.S. Lewis put it, God is so masculine that everything else is feminine in comparison. That's why we, men and women alike, are referred to as the bride of Christ. And in Christ, male and female are equal in their worth and their importance. But that doesn't mean that we get rid of all the gender roles. Dads are still men, and moms are still women, no matter how the culture tries to spin it. Today is Mother's Day, and I want to show you from Scripture three of God's attributes that you display in your role as mom, that are displayed better in you than in the men. First of all, as a mom, you display God's ability to bring forth life. If you were uncomfortable with me speaking about God's feminine side, you're probably not going to enjoy this next image either. It's the image of God giving birth. And yet we see two passages that this God here brings forth life, is a birth birthing God. Listen to Deuteronomy thirty two eighteen. Speaking about the nation of Israel, Israel, he says, You ignored the rock who gave you birth, you forgot the God who gave birth to you. Also in Isaiah forty two fourteen says. God speaks to the prophet here using the imagery of a woman in labor. For a long time I have held my peace. I have kept still and restrained myself. Now I will cry out like a woman in labor. I will gasp and pant. I was there for the births of all four of my children. And I can tell you that bringing life into this world is painful, messy, and emotional. Through the birthing process here, God is showing that he is the great life giver. He is connected. He is emotional about this. And so we see here in Genesis 1-2 that it tells us that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. This wasn't a detached process. Another way to uh, translate that word hovering here in Hebrew is the word fluttering. And so I have this imagery of a bird uh, mama bird <laughs> fluttering over her egg. She's anxious. She's wanting to bring forth life. She's waiting for them to hatch. And God here is hovering over the face of the waters, ready to bring forth life. One of the things that was so amazing to me when Peter was born was how much my perception of him changed after he was born. I mean, I knew we were going to have a baby. I knew that there was going to be this new person coming into our home and into our life but I was a little bit detached about it until the actual birth. But moms don't have this same experience like dads do. They are attached from the very beginning. They're right there going through the whole process. They feel this life growing within them. They're communicating with the child. They're speaking to it. They're singing to it. They're humming to it, even thinking about it. And so there's a real emotional thing that goes on with moms that's, much different than with dads. In this way, God is more like a mother than a dad. He's right there, knitting us together in our mother's womb. He cares deeply for that which he is creating. He's intimately connected to it. He's emotional about it. And if I were actually going to be brutally honest with you <clears throat> this morning here, um, I thought Peter looked like an alien from the planet, another planet for the first three months of his life. And I knew he was my child, but, you know, I was able to actually go off to work for 10 hours a day at the barbershop and not, you know, be too anxious about that. Whereas for Mary, she wanted him around all the time. I mean, we couldn't even go on a date without him being there. And so God is much more like that. This is the heart of God as seen in the heart of the mother. God is life, and everywhere he goes, he brings life. The very thing that qualified you to be called mom was that you brought life to someone. I want to make a note here for a moment, though, that there are some women out there who meet this criteria in a way that is not necessarily biological. What I mean is that you did not physically give birth to the one that you nurtured and brought life to. This fact does not make you any less of a mom. In my mid-twenties, I lived with a couple in Minneapolis there for about a year and a half. And the woman in the couple uh, really became a surrogate mom to me. I mean, I had my biological mom, and she lived a few hours away, and I was very grateful for uh, her. But Sandy became a real mom to me, a spiritual mom. In fact, I called her mom because that's what she was to me. That did not lessen the fact that I had a real biological mom, but everyone needs a few moms in their life. They need their biological mom, they need spiritual moms, They need moms who are going to help them with different aspects of life. Secondly, we see here today that as a mom, you display God's fierce heart against the enemy of his children. Most animals are typically afraid of human beings, but there's one glaring exception. It's when baby animals are involved. Back in California, we had a nest of grackle chicks in the tree in the backyard, and the boys and I were working on this shed one day, and the grackles were going crazy and so I walked over to look into the tree to see if I could see where that nest was and that mama grackle just started like dive bombing me and you know swooping down on me and it's amazing how a 3.3 ounce bird can send me ducking for cover imagine if you accidentally came upon a 440 pound mama bear with her cubs (laughs) some have and most didn't live to tell the tale this is the mama animal that God compares himself to. Listen to Hosea 13.8, where it describes God's response to Ephraim, a country that was attacking Israel at the time. I will fall upon them like a bear robbed of her cubs. I will tear open their chest, and there I will devour them like a lion, as a wild beast would rip them open. (laughs) Aren't we glad that God's on our side? (laughs) This protective nature of mothers is a sight to behold. And this is especially true when there is a perceived threat. Our biggest threat in this life is the devil. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy anybody who is a child of God. As mothers, the best line of defense that you have in this regard is prayer because you are connecting there with the mother heart of God, the heart of God that wants to protect his cubs. And Satan runs for cover when he encounters a praying mom. You may have a son or a daughter who's going through a difficult time. And i found many times in dealing with couples that are facing this kind of trial that at some point the dad just throws up his hands and says, forget it, let's write this child off, I'm sick of it. I have never, ever heard those words from a mom. Prayer works, mom, so don't give up on that wayward child who is being harassed and attacked by the devil. Thirdly, and finally, we see as a mom you display God's heart to have his children close by. It is the week of Passover here and Jesus is just arriving in Jerusalem with his disciples. uh, In the passage that I read earlier in uh, Luke chapter 13, and he knows that he is going to be crucified in four days. His heart is breaking for the people, and he encounters them and cries out, O oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I would have gathered you as children, uh, as though a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. And so a mother hen knows that the safest place for the chicks is under his, uh, her wings because the eagles can't see them. They're covered and protected. And she wants them to be near. As a mom, you love to have your children nearby. Imagine Thanksgiving or Christmas when the family's gathered around, maybe some are in the kitchen there or in the dining room. They're playing uh, a board game. Others are sitting there watching the football game together, enjoying some food. They're making a mess. There's crowded spaces. And after a while, the dad's like, get these kids out of my house. But the mom is just loving it. She's there. She loves having these kids around. She doesn't mind the monumental pile of dishes or all the the trouble that comes with it. You just want to know that your kids are doing okay. You want to be reassured that they are close with the Lord. And those holiday family reunions are just a foreshadowing of the great gathering that is coming in the new earth. The Bible calls it the wedding supper of the Lamb. God also has this heart, wants his kids nearby. He is planning on spending eternity with us, as is seen in Revelation twenty-one three, where it says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. Another passage that shows this longing that God has for his children to be nearby is Luke 15.8-10. Or what woman, having uh, ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house, and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Notice here that God is depicted as a woman who is scouring the house for a lost treasure. This is the aching heart of a mother whose lost son or daughter has wandered from the Lord. We are his treasure, and all of heaven rejoices when we are found, including God dancing before his throne. In conclusion here this morning, many mothers I have known have faced a real struggle in modern society. They have a deep yearning to be the kind of mom that they know that God desires for them to be. And yet society tells them if they choose the traditional mother role, then they are not contributing to the common good of society in a significant enough way. I don't typically use the phrase here that I'm going to use, but I think it's important this morning. Thus saith the Lord, that that is one of Satan's hardest won lies, and don't believe the propaganda Being a mother is one of the most significant things that you could ever be and don't let anyone ever take away your joy. Thank you, mothers. In this church, we lift you up as the very reflection of the heart of God. And Father, I thank you so much for our mothers. I thank you for the people that have mothered me in my life. And I pray that you would bless any mom out there who's struggling right now with this reality. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you for tuning in to this sermon series from Elam. If you are encouraged today, would you consider supporting our online ministry through a financial contribution? Personal checks can be made out to Elam Lutheran Church and sent to 11504 26th Street Northeast, Lake Stevens, Washington 98258. Or you can give online at elamlutheran.net. Thank you and may God bless you the rest of your day.